Sports is recorded in Harrisonburg, Virginia, in the heart of the Shenandoah Valley. Starring Dave. Surprising little fun fact, King Griffey Jr. was the first number one overall draft pick to go into the Hall of Fame. Chris. ALCS MVP for the Houston Astros. Gary Sanchez. Brad. You're a professional. Act like you've gotten criticism before because obviously you have. And Joe. Yeah, Chris Davis is awful. And now, 4D Sports. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a while uh, here on the 4D Sports podcast. Obviously, with the Valley Baseball League season being canceled due to the pandemic, uh, we haven't been recording any new episodes. There's also no Major League Baseball to talk about. But uh, even during a pandemic, we got to bring on our good friend, Ray Hernandez. <laughs> Uh, who's going to make us all laugh, and we're going to catch up and have a great conversation with here. Uh, Brad is with me. I'm Joe. And, uh, Ray, let's let's start off with what's next for you. Uh, you were unfortunately caught up in that round of minor league players being released uh, last week, but you've already got that new job. Uh, tell people about it. Yeah, so um, I just want to start by saying I'm going to get I really appreciate it. I love talking to you guys, and – I'm glad I can make you guys laugh every time I come on here. That's a good sign, I guess. Um, but yeah, um, minor league baseball, well, I guess it's major league baseball, released, I don't know how many guys in these past couple of years. I think it's like 800 or 900 total players, something like that. It's um, it's quite frustrating. Uh, the Braves, you know, had to do what they had to do with me. Um, COVID's pretty, you know, hitting us pretty hard. It really is, and I... Um, Luckily, I'm blessed enough that I was able to sign with an independent ball team in Washington, Pennsylvania, called the Washington Wild Things. So hopefully, uh, you know, we can use that as a springboard to sign with another affiliated team, one that uh, actually wants me and that appreciates my talents. So maybe the Orioles playing for you guys, for your team. Oh, we would oh, love it. I hope so. Oh. <laughs> I would be. That'd be a blessing, honestly. That'd be. That'd be great. So Ray. Uh... You're going on to the wild things. That's what's next. Um, Great team and, name, by the way. Yes, we love that. And obviously, we will be rooting for you every step of the way there as well. But um, talking about, you know, now that you're not in Major League Baseball right now, what do you make of the back and forth between the owners and the players? The owners want 80 so games. The players counter with 114. Uh, I read where the owners are planning to counter with 50 now. Um, so regular season games so i it sounds like even the games might be a problem the number of games right. is a problem now uh not to mention that the owners who agreed to a contract uh with the players saying prorated salaries and now want prorated salaries and uh additional cut because no fans uh i gotta be honest i i know you follow me on twitter and you are facebook friends with me and i think i've posted things on both about this you know, not not being a player, not being an owner, it just strikes me as odd that the owners, after record years of profit in Major League Baseball, are suddenly really strapped for cash here and can't imagine being able to survive if fans don't show up and they have to pay a, right. a salary of a player based on the percentage of games played. I'll tell you, the re- the I mean this is a great conversation. This is a, a, one of these topics that everybody has different opinions, just depending on kind of their perspective. Um, but you have to remember these guys are millionaires, billionaires that, that run these companies. And there's a reason why they're billionaires. They're very cheap people. 
You know, so if they if they can get a chance, if you know, by getting by, by cutting back here and there, they're going to do it. That's the reason why they have, honestly, so much money. But I think this is honestly a situation where people have to decide what they want to do. And there's players that don't care, that they'll take a prorated salary. But there's some players that are like, no, I signed for X amount of dollars per year. It doesn't matter if it's 10 games or if it's a million games. They don't care. And there's owners that say, no, I'm not paying you. So it's a, it's honestly, it's going to boil down to what, what the players association decides for the players. And if a player, for example, like, like Blake Snell, you know, he's one of the, he's one of the main guys. So I throw his name out there and he um, doesn't want to play. Then don't play. Like, honestly, there's, this is, a, this is a very unique situation. And because it's a unique situation, everything needs to be as unique. You know, you can't expect to get paid however many millions, 20 plus millions that he makes a year. If you're not playing 162 games, like it just doesn't make sense on that aspect. Also, from the other point of view, these owners are being extremely stingy. Like being able to pay, being able to pay, um, you know, these these players shouldn't be an issue. They have so much money. Like this isn't their strap for cash or anything like that. Right. Mm. Well, let me ask you this, Ray. I mean, you're a young guy. Brad and I are young guys. Chris and Dave, who aren't on this call are young guys, but we all love baseball, but we're a minority. Baseball is a, as a sport that's losing popularity year after year here in America. If something happens where players and owners can't get to an agreement, what kind of damage do you think this does to the game? I mean, it's detrimental because of the fact that this is a perfect opportunity for any sport. You can go on TV right now and find people playing video games on television. Like, this is exactly the type of situation where, obviously, being safe and having health be the number one priority. Get these games going. People are watching the KBO, which... Now, I can name to you teams from the KBO, which I wouldn't have been able to do that a couple months ago because of the games that are on ESPN. Like, this is a situation where I think just being a little selfish, it's a big deal. Major League Baseball is behind the eight ball when it comes to expansion um popularity they need to take a um a page out of the nba and how they're worldwide and all they care about is entertainment i want to entertain these fans i want fans to buy jerseys curry jerseys lebron jerseys i want fans to have these arguments over lebron jordan right now there's nothing that they talk about baseball besides the owners and the players association can't agree like those are the kind of things that are that that's honestly it could be a situation where the players strike. And that's, that's like, it's so ridiculous because you make so, they, these players make so much money that obviously, you know, they make X amount of dollars and they have certain expenses too. So they, they I get, I get all the point of views, but this is detrimental. Honestly, it was, it should be where I know there's no minor league season for sure, but there's gotta be a, if the KBO is playing, if the KBO is playing games, there's no excuse why the major league season isn't playing somebody's going to have to compromise either the owners or the players. I don't know how the, I don't, the owners, the owners just won't because owners don't, they don't, they're, they're infamous in the history of sports for not paying players. As simple as that. They want to save money. Right. So in this situation, if I'm a player and I make, let's say 22 million a year, well, shoot this year, I can't expect to make 22. It just doesn't make sense. I understand because of COVID, because of how the situation goes, I'm going to take a prorated salary. I have to. It only makes sense. So it's just one of these situations where it's kind of like, honestly, I think it's ridiculous. And I think that 
like I said, somebody has to make a compromise because what happens is the only the only people that lose in the end are gonna in every in, in every single outcome, the owners lose, the players lose, and then major league baseball loses. Brad, do you have a baseball related question you want me to keep firing away here? I mean, you can keep firing away. I'm just loving soaking this up because I mean I love all the point of views that are being brought up. I I I can't I can kind of see it from every angle. And there's really not a single side that's, you know, right in the issue. And it just seems like, like Ray's saying, no matter what, baseball is going to lose on the issue if something doesn't happen here. Well, Ray, let's talk about another issue that's hurting baseball. And it happened in the offseason. And no one's a bigger <laughs> fan of the pandemic than the Houston Astros, I guess, because no one's talking about that <laughs> Astros scandal anymore. But um, when we look at what major league baseball did in terms of the Astros and the Red Sox, I came away saying, you know what, if that's all that happens, I guess I hope the Orioles start cheating because I don't see any real punishment there in terms of, I know the GM and the manager were let go, but it's possible that, you know, that major league baseball's already come out and said, if there's no baseball season, they will count it as time served on those suspensions. So technically they they might not miss any baseball Uh, in terms of the Red Sox. Nobody was let go. So, um, and Alex Cora has been suspended based on his actions with the Astros, not the Red Sox. So, right. uh, I don't know, man. I, what do you take away as a, as a player seeing other players do what the Astros and the Red Sox are accused of doing? Um, I think we kind of hit on this a little bit in the last interview, but I don't, honestly, I don't really remember, but I think that. I can tell you that as a player, every single team, and it's as simple as every single team is looking for some kind of edge. Sometimes it's cheating. Sometimes it's, you know, playing, whatever it is. Every team's looking for an edge. In this situation, I'm, I can almost, I'm almost certain that I can say that the, the Astros are not the only team that uses cameras and all that to get an advantage. That's for sure. That's, that's, they weren't the only team. They just were the only team that got caught besides the Red Sox and their, and their little scandal. If they get, I, this is the first time I'm hearing about the time served thing. That's ridiculous. They need to, if there's a, if there's a punishment, right? COVID has to stop. That's the thing. This COVID pandemic has to just put the, everything on hold. That includes suspensions don't count. Like you aren't, you're not getting a suspension has to be, there's a season being played and you're missing out. You're not missing out if everybody's not playing, including you. Like it that doesn't make sense. It's not time served. You know what I'm saying? So that, yeah. that part is kind of, uh, that's just not I, I agree with you, Ray. I mean, I know Joe has a different point of view somewhere in there, but um, maybe he can kind of say what he thinks about yeah. that and you can weigh in on it too. I don't know. Well, my thing is when you read the investigation, they label it as a player-driven scheme and player-driven scandal. The manager was breaking TVs in attempt to get to play, to stop players from doing this, and they still did it. Um, so for me, when the GM and the manager are the only ones that get any real repercussions and none of the players, I I have a hard time being like, yeah, okay, uh, whatever. Uh, uh, again, that's what bothers me the most about it. I also don't trust that the owner didn't know anything about it. Um, you know, when that report comes out and then there's, I think it was a New York times article said that the Houston Astros have a thing in their budget called dark arts uh yeah i 
and the owner looks at that budget. <laughs> so uh, it's hard for me to believe he's going to look at that and go, oh, everything's on the up and up here. Yep, check, check, check. So right. um, I, I think, again, when, when no players are punished and no one else has been punished, I don't know if it's fair to punish the people who, according to this report, were not the architects and did not participate in the implementation of it. I mean, I understand your point of view. I do. It's just, for me, it's just a little more simple than that. It's just, there has to be a suspension, right? So whatever they decided, what this is, like, there has to, for me, people need to miss games, sure. right? That's what I think. The players need to, I understand that the players play for the Astros, so it could be as simple as the Astros, like, hey, we're cheating, and they were like, all right, let's do it. Right, the players don't really care. They're just pawns in the game. But yeah. <laughs> there has to be an there has to be some kind of, you know, negative effect to it. If if sure. everybody's playing, you don't get to play. In timeout, if you get in trouble when you're a little kid, when everybody goes in recess, you can't go. Not oh, today it rained out. So if there was it was raining today, so oh well, you got time served. No, tomorrow when everybody <laughs> goes to recess, you can't play with them. All right. That's a you know? that's a fair point. Uh, so let me ask you another one of the things that was floated. And I don't know if it's been included in this latest plan to restart the season or not, but the universal DH, how do you feel about the DH? Should it be universal? Should they get rid of it? Um, do you like the American league and national league having separate rules? How do you feel about it? I think, um, this is, I mean, obviously every single pitcher that hears this is going to think, you know, the opposite, but I think a universal DH should be, should have been implemented years ago. Yes. And because you're right. Pitchers, Agreed. Totally yeah, agree. Pitchers don't, pitchers, yeah, there's Bumgarner and Zach Greinke. There you go. Two guys can hit for themselves and, and they don't hit that well. The problem no. is when they, yeah, they, it's like, oh, they rank. Well, they hit. Okay. But they hit like they 220 hit well. and that's pitchers who rake. Like, right. And if they rake that well, the DH is right technically now. optional. Right. So I think the universal DH is a, a no brainer for one, because like I said, they need to get it where like I've, I've, we talked about this before and we've talked about this, not even on the air. We talked about this kind of stuff off record, but major league baseball needs to be more entertaining. Honestly, it should be a situation where they, they say like it was when the, in the steroid era where guys were juiced up hitting the crap out of the ball that saved baseball. Yeah. So if I was honestly, if I was the commissioner, if I was the commissioner of baseball, I would have these guys juiced up, smashing the ball. No problem. That's what I would say. And me personally, I'm a big guy. I don't need that. But you think that it's not that's that's so entertaining. Now it'd be at your own risk type of thing. Like, listen, if you want to, you know, destroy your body, you're allowed to. But that's the type of stuff that in the NBA, that's what they do. They love when guys are being flashy when they're dunking the ball. They love that. They love that. They the traditional basketball, that kind of stuff, they just don't like it. And you can see it literally just popularity. If you just look at just social media numbers and, and followings and views on YouTube, you'll see just highlight tapes are, are more viewed than, than actual baseball games. Like they want people want to see the highlights. People don't want to watch a long baseball game. Now, that's another thing we can talk about is how they want to speed up the game. That's a different conversation, but if the game is long, but it's a bunch of big dogs just hitting the crap out of it and a bunch of pitchers throwing 100 miles an hour, that's the type of stuff that people are going to want to see. Yeah. Um, well, I have a related question, actually, along the same lines. How do you feel, then, about the more recent trend of players being 
more power hitters and higher strikeout rates as opposed to average hitters with, you know, maybe average power throughout the year. Well, I think that that, that all that's that that kind of stuff depends on the team. Some teams, for example, the Rays, they don't appreciate you just striking out. Where other teams, the Yankees say, listen, if you're going to hit for power, then I need you to hit for power. I don't need you to sometimes hit for power. So it's just the type, that's what makes baseball special is that there's different philosophies and there are different ways to play the game. And as long as you're winning, people don't really care. If it's up to me, if it's up to me, I don't, I don't like, I need my guys either hitting it out or striking out. That, that for me isn't going to get the job. Then I'd rather have a bunch of guys that can get on base because like Moneyball, and that's, you know, a perfect movie, but the A's had a, a magic season and that team was brutal. And we know that. So it's not about just smashing the ball out of the yard. Obviously, if if you can get those players, you'll take them. But baseball is not just let's just either hit it out or strike out. That's just not how baseball is played. If you want to do that, that's no problem. I just for me, if I'm running a team, like I said, I, I would have it be a little more. My philosophy would be more. Listen, we're going to cut down K's because if you if you're not striking out, you're putting pressure on the defense, you're putting pressure on the pitcher. Uh, more things come out of it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Like and again, I. I think with the recent trajectory toward where the game is headed, I mean, strikeouts are becoming more and more prevalent and more and more acceptable. Um, I, I agree with you, Ray. I think having one or two guys in your lineup that's kind of a boomer bust guy is not necessarily a problem. But right. when when your entire lineup, if you're the Orioles and you lead the league in strikeouts every year, it's just like, right. hey, can we get <laughs> a guy who work. can maybe get on base occasionally? Like, right. And you know what? This COVID situation ruined the comeback player of the year, Chris Davis. Yeah, I, I <laughs> was, think once he started facing major league pitching, his bat would have ruined his year. But yeah, <laughs> I no, I think. <laughs> listen, I'm gonna just um, prolong prolong the uh, the prediction to next season. <laughs> or if they have a if, listen, if they have a season this year, MLB, Chris Davis will be having monster numbers. I'm just telling you, he's too good of a player. He's too good of a guy. I'm telling you, and you're and you're gonna remember the, all these conversations. Chris Davis is going to come back for the Orioles and the fans are going to stop booing him and they're going to love him again because he's too good of a player. The problem is he has too much pressure. They need to get, honestly, the Orioles need a better team. But once you guys wow. have a better team, it's no longer, all right, Chris, hit it out. That's, that's very difficult. That's it's impossible. I just wanted to get on base. That's all. I don't care if he hits it out or not. I just want to get on base. He's good. He'll be good for you guys. Uh, I tell you what, Ray, if he is, I will tag you in the tweet where I admit I'm wrong. Good. Good. <laughs> also, it will be the show things differently. Yeah. And it will be the show has that guy's contact at like twenty. <laughs> yeah, it will be the show needs to be. We can, that's a, that's a time. That's a that's a interview for another time because their oh. these ratings are brutal. Their ratings are terrible. Oh man. But uh, Ray. Uh, well, first before we move on, I want to say I hope uh hope you're not taking anything because I think after those comments, you're gonna get eeny meeny miny mo random tested <laughs> there. But. <laughs> No, I'm not taking it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's move on to let's move on to Liverpool. Um, the pandemic has put their season to a grinding halt. Although that looks like it's getting ready to start here on yeah. June 17th. I think the Premier League is supposed to come back, and Liverpool's going to yeah. finish the campaign to claim their first title in 30 years. Uh, wow! Just what an amazing run this club has had this season. Uh, I know the champions league didn't go well, but technically the champions league got canceled and technically that never happened. So, right. Uh, doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't count. But according, uh, in the premier league, this club has just been so, so dominant. I'm glad they're going to be able to finish it and uh, win the yeah. title. No doubt. I mean, 
we've talked about this for a long time, and I've been watching Liverpool now for a good four years, just like really, really watching it. And um, Klopp, like we talked about before, he, this team is is fantastic. He's really been able to keep players that might have not been um, too hot at the moment with Liverpool, and he got the best out of them. Got the kind of the junk, cut the junk out, sell them quick, sold them quick. Excuse me, and. It's just honestly, it's a blessing to be a fan. Like this is exactly the type of stuff that we're gonna remember. This isn't gonna last forever, but um, you know, I'm I'm happy they canceled the Champions League because that was a that was that was brutal. That was a <laughs> I remember that game was I was yelling like I was I was oof. anyway. We'll get the Premier League. We'll definitely win the Premier League. Um, and it's just gonna be great. I don't care. I, they could have halted it. They could stop it again if they want. Like there's no stopping us. We're gonna win the league, and I don't care if it's. If we break it up into three years, I don't really care how how we do it. As long as we finish and we get that Premier League, because we've never won the Premier League. We've won the English top flight right. plenty of times. We've never won the actual Premier League. And the Premier League is what us Americans watch. We never know Americans. Well, yeah, I watched. No, you didn't watch the English top tier. You didn't watch that in the 70s. You watched the Premier League when we were able to watch, get the TV contracts over here. So it's just, like I said, it's, it's honestly, it's like, it's like a blessing that we were able to watch them. Because this is the type of team that we're gonna remember forever. This is probably be the best um, Liverpool team of all time, honestly. Yeah. Just player for player, every single player, every single player at Liverpool that starts, and even some of the subs are world class players. When you talk of, besides honestly, besides Firmino, every single position when you say, okay, who are the best right wingers in the world? Salah. Who are the best left wingers? Mane. Midfielders: Ronaldo, Henderson, Fabinho. You have Trent and Robertson are the best fullbacks in the world. We have the best center back on the planet. Joe Gomez is, is not the, he's not he's not top five or top ten yet, but he's twenty one years old. He's got plenty of time to get that. We have the best keeper in the world. We have the best manager in the world. So with that kind of formula, there's really no excuse why we're not you know the best team on the planet. We'll be we'll be we'll be able to compete for a, a few years, and hopefully these younger guys that we have like Harvey Elliott, um, Mario, the one that plays for Hertha mm-hmm. Berlin on loan. There's a lot of players that need to step up when, for example, when Alvin's 29 and his contract runs out in two years, I'm not sure if Liverpool will sign him in two years. He'll be 31, 32. That's kind of old, you know, to have to be in the midfield and doing, if he can still do what Milner does and have that work rate, that's no problem. But James Milner, every single player that gets to 33 is not going to move like James Milner. Just simple right. as that. Well, let me ask you about uh, Timo Werner. I mean, Oof. that's the latest transfer rumor. Uh, my only question is who who does he replace? Who do you get rid he's of to make to, room for him? He's gonna. They. I'll tell you this right now. If they do something where Firmino leaves, we're gonna have a serious conversation with Klopp because Roberto Firmino, like I told you a lot of times, he's my favorite player by far. But Firmino, what they'll do is what they'll do is they'll just keep rotating players because Timo, Timo Werner will have to start. He scored again today. Like he's a freak and he's so fast and that's exactly what wins in the Premier League. So they'll have, I think what, I think exactly what Klopp will do is what people talk about all the time. Firmino plays as a midfielder anyway, as a false nine. Mm-hmm. So what we'll do is somebody's going to have to leave in the midfield, whether it's Ronaldo, Fabinho, or Henderson. It'll probably be Fabinho, I think, because Fabinho's good defensively, but he doesn't do this. He doesn't have the same work rate as Ronaldo and Henderson, especially not. Henderson is the captain of the team and he's right. gone to a new level with Klopp. He's become, mm-hmm. he's, Klopp has saved his career essentially. So I think what they'll do is we'll play with two, almost like two center defensive midfielders with Wijnaldum and um, Henderson. And then we'll have Firmino play right behind Timo Werner, almost like a cam. 
and then we'll still have the you know same wingers and the same positioning. But I think what they're going to do is just drop Firmino back into the midfield because he has that work rate. And you've seen Firmino runs back and plays defense. And he and Firmino's not a massive goal scorer. He is a, a facilitator. And that's exactly what you want behind Thibaut Werner and Salah Amane. So I think that's, that's the only way to go. I don't see how else. And then from that team, we can have the second team be, for example, Naby Keita, Fabinho, Oxley Chamberlain. Those are our midfielders for the second team, so Champions League games with Origi up front, Harvey Elliott, or Curtis Jones, and then Shakiri. So there's there's so many um, options that we have for both teams that I just don't see how they take Firmino out of the squad. He's he is he's not as obviously he's not the same quality of player as Salah Mane when it comes to scoring goals, but he is. The most besides Van Dijk, he is the most important player at Liverpool. He makes something out of nothing. He's been doing it when it was just him and Coutinho. He's been doing it for for ages, and he loves playing at Liverpool. That's another thing that people don't talk about enough. These players come to Liverpool and they don't want to leave. Like Coutinho would love to come back, but players want to be at Liverpool. So, and Firmino is exa- is exactly the type of player that that club wants. I don't see how they take him out. Timo Werner is amazing, but if it's a situation where he has to decide between Firmino and and Tio Werner, I think he'll save to save the money and look to you know continue to like build the squad. Honestly, yeah, I, I, I agree. agree. I think said about Firmino, I think he's excellent, a great playmaker, makes things happen. And you know, as you said, he may not be considered one of the best at his positions, but he's that kind of guy that's like so much above his actual value because he makes things right. happen with the other guys around him. Yeah, yeah, Ray. I, I to piggyback off what Brad was saying I, and what you said. I mean. We look at all these Salah and Mane goals, but the guy who sets up a lot of that is yeah. Firmino. I mean, especially oh, when sure. they're going through the middle. Now, of course, you got Robbo and Alexander Arnold pinging right. crosses in on headers and stuff. But when it's coming through the middle, that's Firmino with beautiful one touch passes or mm-hmm. drawing defenders to him because if you don't pay attention to him, he has the ability to get into the box and slot one home himself. So uh, I totally agree with what you're saying. And I think. That's been one of the benefits when I, I used to watch just World Cup or national team soccer. And then uh, right about maybe it was a year after you started watching, because I think I've been watching for about three years religiously. Um, right. I was like, well, I want to get to know some of these names. So maybe the next time a World Cup comes around, I actually know some of these people that are playing. And right. now when I watch, you know, either the Nations League or the Euros uh-huh. or the World Cup or whatever it is, and I'm watching all these Liverpool players. I'm just like, wow, we are dotting the international scene yeah. with oh, the no best doubt. players in the Premier League. Let's, like the perfect example, the perfect example for that is Shakiri is Albanian, but he plays for Switzerland. He carries Switzerland, and Switzerland makes it to the Euros every single year, no matter what. Another example is Divock Origi. Origi, and I, you know how I feel about Origi. I don't think he's that good. He's been, he's been, he's, he's a blessing because he's banged in these special, special goals. So they should have a statue of him already made, but that's, you know, whatever. But he starts for Belgium when he's not Belgium's best striker. They could play Eden Hazard. They can play Lukaku. There's players that could play instead of Origi, but just because of his, what he's done at Liverpool, what Klopp has kind of yanked out of him. He starts as the striker before Lukaku does for Belgium, right? Joe Gomez and Trent start right now, and they're not even 22 yet for England, a massive, a massive country that that should be running the international stage. Wijnaldum and, and Van Dijk carry 
the Netherlands. So these are players that, with what's happened, with, it all honestly, all this goes to Klopp. If we take Klopp out, I swear, we're not right now because Klopp is kind of built it, but if you take when Brendan Rodgers left and they put Klopp, if you would have put, for example, Jose Mourinho, these players, Liverpool would not have won as much as they did. And Mane would not have been, he would be still at Southampton or somewhere else. Like, these players grew the same way I like I told you before. When I went to college, I grew. And when I go to this indie ball team, I'm going to grow and hopefully get better so I can go to my next affiliate. These The manager is a massive role. And what's going to be very interesting is when Klopp – so when we win the, we're going to win the Premier League this year. Next season, Klopp will be the manager because he's kind of had this vacation. But after next season, I think Klopp's going to take a break. And I think that's when we're going to get Stevie, you know, Steven Gerrard to manage. And that's exactly when you'll see what Liverpool is really made of because these players are going to be a little bit older. Wijnaldum, Henderson, not Fabinho because Fabinho is like 25, but Henderson and Wijnaldum, Milner, he's going to be like 36, 37. So that's when you're going to see what Liverpool is really made of. And you'll see how – and Liverpool will struggle, honestly. And you'll see the difference when Klopp is there when Klopp isn't there. And you'll see how important a manager is. A lot of times people don't pay – too much attention to that. They just want the big name. I want Mourinho. Well, these managers come with a lot of baggage, and they're going to teach players what they know. So Klopp, people people follow what Klopp and Guardiola do now. Soon, you know, five years from now, there's going to be a new manager that Klopp and all these managers that are hot right now are going to have to go and change their philosophies to. Because this game, like any other game, sports, is always changing. And Klopp is just at the kind of at the forefront at the moment. You know, with his what do they call it? Gagan, whatever crap. Gagan press, excuse me. Yeah. But I I, I want to ask you about uh, with with that. You know, Jurgen Klopp, and I agree with you. I think he has played a huge role in the resurgence of this Liverpool club. It, if he takes that break, do you think it's a situation where they do go try to hire a Steven Gerrard, or do you think they hire one of yeah. his assistants for a year or two and just no. say? We'll give you your sabbatical and you come back when you're ready. No, I think what it's going to be, I mean, they, I mean, honestly, either way, it's a sabbatical. Like, Steven Gerrard knows his place and he's a legend. So, I think what they'll do is they'll give Steven Gerrard kind of that, like, here you go, the same way that Chelsea did with Frank Lampard, right? The difference mm-hmm. is Steven Gerrard is going to get the job with the understanding that, listen, when Klopp comes back, he's going to be the manager. So, if you want, you can leave or be Klopp's manager until Klopp decides to really retire and then you just take the helm. It'll be a situation, like, even if even if Steven Gerrard comes and he's the manager and we we won't get relegated, but, like, let's say we don't even make it to a Champions League spot. We come fifth or sixth. He's not going anywhere. That's a, that's not, nobody's going to be upset about Steven Gerrard becoming the manager. You know, people are just going to be like, when Klopp decides to come back, hopefully he decides to come back, when he comes back, he'll just take the helm again. So, I, I don't, they could do an assistant. Honestly, they might, because it might be a situation where, Steven Gerrard's still a man. He might not want to be a situation. He, he might not be like, oh, I'm doing so well, now I have to leave when Klopp comes back. He might actually want to stay. So it just depends on what, what Steven Gerrard's okay doing. Um, but I think, I think they'll go with – I think it's like almost a no-brainer for me. So – and I'm not going to argue. I, I agree with you that I, when you said earlier that Firmino's one of the most underrated players on the club. But – what do you make of all these people saying, you know, uh, Liverpool should sell Salah if somebody wants to buy him because he's just not as good when you look and he's still near the top, right. if not the top of the Premier yeah. League each year he's been on Liverpool. And it's just like, oh, OK, so he, because he didn't break his own record for the most right. goals scored in the Premier League, all of a sudden he's washed. Like, what do right. you make of that? For me, I when I look at the numbers, 
I'm just like, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Right. No, there's there's players at Liverpool. Okay, from a biz, there's two ways to look at it, right? There's a business sense and there's like a fan sense. So the problem is, in the people who say that kind of stuff are fans, they're diehard fans that decided that in that moment they want to be a businessman. Like, no, decide, right? Because as for a business model, no player is is um like not for sale. Like everybody's for sale. Like if somebody says right now, we'll give you three hundred million for Van Dyke. Oh, take them three hundred million. Shoot, we can buy two center backs for hundred and fifty million. Like everybody's for sale at just the price, right? So for Salah and Mane, they're, yeah, they're technically, nobody's for sale. You're not like willingly going to sell them, but if somebody's going to splash the cash and really, I'm talking about if Neymar was 222 million, well, shoot, Salah and Mane is going to have to be 270 million, something something freakish, right? If, if that comes out, then we'd be silly not to take the money because you'll never get that offer again because every year the players get older, right? But I don't see I don't see how in the heck Salah is, is one of the best Liverpool players ever. And he's been here for a couple of seasons. Right. Mane is one of the best players ever. The problem is there's Salah doesn't give the same uh impression like Mane and Firmino and Van Dyke do, where they say all the time, I want to be here forever. Salah doesn't say that because I think I truly believe that Salah at some point is gonna leave because somebody's gonna throw the cash at him while and it's going to be a situation where Liverpool's kind of transforming. He's kind of slowing down. We're going to have money. We're going to have Tio Werner. We're going to have other players that can kind of do his role. And in that situation, he'll leave because I got to take advantage of my, you know, whatever situation I'm in. You know, get it while it's hot. Um, I don't see how in the heck we sell Salah or any. Honestly, I don't see how we sell anybody, anybody at all until it's a situation where they're starting to decline. And Salah's not declining. He's just what's he supposed to do break every single record that's in? he's not going to do that every single time because now people have learned him. this is, you know, this is right. Premier League. um i had another question and it just left my head uh but when you're when we're talking about ver- selling at the right time oh here right. it is uh it just popped in my head um you mentioned coutinho he left and then didn't have that success and right. at Barcelona. Do you think that it's made some of the other Liverpool players say, huh, he was really thriving here under Klopp. I'm thriving under Klopp right now. Maybe the grass isn't always greener to go to the Real Madrid's or the yeah, PSG's no or doubt. the Barcelona's. Yeah, there's there's no doubt that that's exactly what these players do. And I bet you, and I bet you, Klopp has said it. When it's a situation where it's like, um, let's say there's a rumblings or whatever, or who knows what's said in the cl- in the dressing room and in like on the pitch. But if it's a training ground and something like that pops up, he'll say, you can go if you want. He'll turn out to be the next Coutinho, something like that. I'm a big, and this is one that I want to hear what your opinion is, but I'm a big fan of signing Coutinho back for a freakishly low amount of money. Because I'll tell you this, Coutinho at one point, and you know this because you watched, mm-hmm. Coutinho was Liverpool before he left. He was literally Liverpool before he left. Now, he had to do, you know, he had to go through that because he's Brazilian, right? He doesn't, he's not American or anything like that. Where He didn't watch the Premier League growing up. He right. he watched La Liga and he's seen Barcelona and Real Madrid. He's getting a lot more money. He's, even now, he's on loan with Bayern Munich. He gets more money now than he did when he was at Liverpool. That money is extremely important and he did want to test the waters. It's, just, it's, it's exactly what it's like. When he went to Barcelona, it was a situation where he's like, I want to see what it's like. You know, I've been watching. I want to see what Barcelona's like. I feel like I've accomplished everything that I can besides win the league here in the Premier League. 
he needed to go though. We needed that money so he can become what we are now. So I'm honestly, honestly, as a fan, right? I don't know what he said when he left. He might have been like, listen, like, get me out of here. I don't want to be here. And he might have burned bridges when he left or something with Klopp and the ownership. Who knows? But as a fan, oh my God, imagine our team right now with Coutinho. Now, obviously, it's not the same Coutinho that left. He does, he is a little bit weaker, but this is just it's in there and he's going to be back in an environment that he's comfortable and that he was in, he was at Liverpool for eight years. Eight years is a very long time. He was there for basically his entire career. He's been at Liverpool just grinding. So I feel like it's, it makes a lot of sense to get him back. I forgot what the number was that we sold him for, but if we can get him for, let's say 40 million, because that's the only way that that's the only way that Coutinho believes Barcelona, because he's going to go back on low. Bayern is not going to buy him. So when he goes to Barcelona, Barcelona, the fans that are on YouTube say, I wonder who we're going to have to trick to sell Coutinho to because nobody wants him. Now is the time to get a player that has not only is he world class, but he's done it before at this stadium. When he comes back, I doubt, I doubt Liverpool fans will boo him and all that. And if they do a boom for a little bit, then they'll love him when he bangs in a free kick or something like that. He's he's a he's he is he's he is he was my favorite player when I was at when I was watching Liverpool mm-hmm. before he left. It was Firmino. So I would and I have Coutinho jerseys that I got that I got to bring out of the closet that you know, <laughs> I can wear. Them. So I think I think. It just depends, right? Because Klopp probably said to him, listen, if you go, because that's the type of player that Klopp, the type of manager Klopp is. He's a very intelligent guy. He said, listen, if you go, don't be coming back. And he might have said something like that. But I don't see how we don't, because he'll go back to the, the thing is, if we don't get him, he'll go back to the Premier League. He'll go to Arsenal or Manchester, probably not Manchester United because he played for Liverpool, but he'll go to like City or Arsenal. I'm thinking he'll go to Arsenal or Chelsea. Mm -hmm. And you'll see, it'll be a situation where he'll come to Anfield, we'll boom. But he's not going to do a uh, Suarez. He'll, he he's a very good player. He might come and score a hat trick against us, and it'll be a shame. It'll be a shame because he is one of the best Liverpool players of all time. Also, uh, to answer your question, he was sold for a hundred and sixty million euro. So, right. um, yeah, not not cheap, but not cheap. But we can get him for cheap. Yeah, it was the second. It was the second highest deal at the time. Um, right. And then, yeah, I mean, we used that money to to get a Van Dyke. Uh, some of that money, Allison, <laughs> who those That'd two guys, as you mentioned, those two guys kind Oof. of made the Liverpool back line what it is and the, and the, nice. the club what it is now. So definitely, I agree that we couldn't be what we are without selling him. I do remember watching him and I remember when we sold him thinking, well, crap, there's no way we're going to be good right. now. And we actually yeah. kind of got better oh, as a club afterwards. Yeah. And the thing is. No, at once he leaves, there's no more players that are like, hey, I want to go besides Sturridge. There's nobody who's like, I want to leave. Everybody wants to be there. And that's a big, that's a huge part of a, of a club, of any, mm-hmm. of any, of any organization, honestly. And he left, like I said, it was a, it was for me a win-win. We sold him for 160, we get him back for 40, but shoot, we freak, I'm just throwing out 40. For some reason, that's the number. He would not be 40. <laughs> like Bar- Barcelona would not give him for 40. They'd be like, dude, like, no, like, the heck, like, might as well just get him for free. No. I, we got to get him back because I'm telling you, mark my words, if Liverpool doesn't get him, somebody's going to get him in the Premier League and it's going to be a, it's not going to be freaking Watford. It's going to be a good team. It's going to be Arsenal. I, was say, I did see where Arsenal was linked. I'm t- and if I'm Arsenal or Chelsea, I'm getting a player who was, he never won Premier League player of the year because Liverpool never won it, but he was always top three. So that you're getting a player. You're not getting a player who, for example, when Arsenal signed um, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, Mm-hmm. Aubameyang is good. Mm-hmm. Aubameyang is good, 
but he never um he never played in the Premier League. They don't know what what kind. Of, it's like a oh man, what's he gonna do? If what is Coutinho gonna do back in the Premier League? The same thing he did before. If anything, he's gonna be better because he's kind of had that that motivation. You know, he struggled. He's gonna be comfortable. I I hear what you're saying. My only question would be, would he be willing to take a reserve role? Because I don't know who he replaces in a starting eleven. I tell you what, I think he will. He's he's fell down a little bit, you know. So what these players got a reserve role just means he won't be like I told you in that formation. He'll just take, for example, instead of Ox Ox might start off on the wing or continue played in the wing. He played as a left mm-hmm. winger. So these Champions League games I told you about, it'll be okay. So instead of let's say Curtis Jones, it'll be Coutinho, Divock Origi, Ox. That's our front three, and the midfield will be Kaita. Um, who the heck are the rest of the players? I'm like drawing a blank. Fabinho, because I told Fabinho, I said Fabinho would be out of it, and whoever, whoever they want to bring back from loan, Har- um, Harry Harry Wilson or something like that. Sure. There's so many that he, I think he will, and when they tell him, you know, I'm just like guessing because we don't have no clue, but. If it's Liverpool talking to Coutinho, they're going to explain to him, hey, buddy, when you left, obviously this is, this goes without saying, we are a bigger club than when you left. So your role, you're not going to be the captain like you were. You're not going to be a captain of Liverpool starting every single game. That's not going to happen. But you are still going to be a crucial player in our in our in, in us, like in us playing, in us fighting for Premier League, FA Cup, Carabao Cup, Champions League, World, all that stuff. We need to have a, a whole roster for it. Because a situation can happen like when we came back on Barcelona. Salah didn't play that game. Yeah. It was a Shakiri. It was a Rigi Shakiri and Mane. And Ox started that game. So and and you know who else didn't play? Uh who else did we have? Um I think Firmino was out with an injury. Firmino was out too. So we we do we need imagine imagine that game but instead of Shakiri Coutinho. So this, there's just other things that that he can do. Well, he didn't play well. Now that game. <laughs> he didn't play well because the thing is because he's he's playing for the wrong team. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> he's back on the right squad. It's amazing what a jersey will do to a guy. Yeah, I know. Oh, uh, well, Ray, what else is on your mind? What do you want to uh, What do you want to talk about today? Um, I mean, I've been doing a lot of uh, just chilling, you know. And this quarantine has been it's been. Yeah. It's been interesting. I've I've been I've worked out a lot. I've lost some pounds. I've lost a lot of, of like body fat. So whenever you guys do see a, a picture of me with the wild things jersey on, you'll you'll notice um, a little bit different. But other than that, I've been kind of just taking it easy, trying to be healthy, and been watching a lot of. Um, I watched Space Force. Have you guys got a chance to watch that? Yet? Oh yeah, we watched that in one day. We did. What do you think? I loved it. <laughs> I think it was good. I think it was. A, I, I don't think it's as good as The Office, but it's definitely a great oh, no. show to watch. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's not really, there's not really anything else that I could tell you about. We gotta, we gotta set this up at some point too, because me and my girlfriend were watching um stuff on YouTube yesterday about Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, and yes. kind of like the best shows they've made. Mm-hmm. So we've got to set up in the next interview, like a bracket or something, because we did the Disney movies and what, what we think are the best ones. Like I told you, I I still think Hercules. This just my favorite one. That's not yeah. the best one. That's my favorite one. But something like that, where it's like a bracket and we can do a bracket us three you know something like that because i'll tell you right now i have shows that i like watching in cartoon network that are kind of like sleepers that people don't think about that were my favorites so it just depends on you know what kind of bracket you guys can set up and that, i think that'd be a fun thing that we could do next time yeah for sure um 
I wish we had known this. I wish I would have asked you this uh, before because that would have definitely been right up Brad and I's alley. Uh, yeah, I was been making brackets all the time. Yeah, recently. Brad's been yeah, making brackets like problems. crazy. But uh, let's do it. Well, give us give us a little bit. What's one of your sleepers? Give us one of them. Okay. Well, this is you have to dig for this one though. This is Cartoon Network. So, so I'll tell you, little Ray Ray watched a lot of Cartoon Network. Like yeah. he watched a lot of Cartoon Network, a lot of Nickelodeon. Didn't watch too much Disney Channel because he's like, oh, that's a girly channel. But there was still great content on there. I watched a lot of shows on Disney Channel. But, like, one show that I was thinking about yesterday was Code Lyoko. I don't know if you guys watched that one, but Code Lyoko was big on Cartoon Network. No, I don't know Code Lyoko. I'm not familiar with that one. Hey, see, that's the thing. <laughs> I thought that's for sure I was going to know one. Code Lyoko is, honestly, it's too long to explain it. Okay. But it was, and if you want, I'll text it to you, and you can kind of Google yeah. it and see yeah. it all about I think when you see the characters, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that show. It was, gr- it was, I think, ahead of its time, honestly. I think it was ahead of its time, but it was a great show. But, uh, I mean, other than that, there's there's not, I mean, there's a lot of other sleepers, but, like, my favorite shows were always, like, um, Kids Next Door, big time. I was a huge Kids Next Door fan, and then I watched a lot of um, Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. I liked yep. that a lot. Yeah. Yep. So those are the kind of shows that I liked. Obviously, like Ed and Eddie. Was was Courage the Cowardly Dog before your time? No, we watched it. Well, I watched the crap a lot of that. Yeah. I watched the whole <laughs> of Courage. Not a big Johnny Bravo fan. No. Hasn't aged well either. <laughs> no. Not, 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 yeah. Not a, not a good show. Um, Courage was definitely one of our shows. Yeah, we loved Courage. And uh, Dexter's Laboratory was a good one too. Yeah. That's big time. That's big time. How do you feel about like the classics, like the Looney Tunes, the Tom and Jerry's? I'll be honest with you. Oh, no. I need a little more. I'm sorry. I need a little more stimulation. Right? Mm-hmm. I need them to talk to each other a little more. But okay. Tom and Jerry is something <laughs> that you can have on. Like, like I, it would be on, if it wouldn't, it wouldn't always grab my attention. Okay. Um, there are shows though that are a little bit older that I did enjoy. And I just kind of, I wanted to just kind of look through all of them, but like the older shows that I liked aren't aren't so much Cartoon Network shows. They're more Nickelodeon shows, like Rocket Power. Um, there was a show called, um, which it wasn't like a cartoon one. It was called Guts. I don't know if you guys watched that on Nickelodeon. Yeah, I feel old. I but remember yeah. that. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> so like Guts, Legends of the Hidden Temple, Rocket oh, yeah. Power. Those were huge for me. And those are the more older shows. I don't want you know, I'm not older, whatever perspective, but. Those are the shows that I really enjoyed. As I say, Brad, Brad, he's calling Rocket Power one of the older shows. That came out when we were kids. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember us watching that all the time every morning before school and stuff. And, you know, I, I don't remember a whole lot about it. I just remember that one scene that we kept making fun of with that uh, the dude with the big wave or whatever. What do you call it? Humunga Dunga. <laughs> yeah, Humunga Dunga. That was it. <laughs> No, I remember that one. You know, do you guys remember uh, the uh, Wild Thornberries? Yes. Oh, yeah. See, that's big time. These are, this, we got to make a bracket. We got to get a bracket going, and we got to go through that together. That'd be a good, uh, a good Yeah, we'll have to have a Cartoon Network side of the bracket and a Nickelodeon side of the bracket for sure. Yeah. What if, now, okay, now this is going to be, you know, prehistoric cartoons, I guess, for you, since Rocket Power is considered <laughs> old. But... <laughs> But did you ever watch the animated Batman series? I think that was WB. Oh, you you got to know that anything that DC's ever put out, that Ray's watched it. Okay. I've watched a whole lot of animated. Remember, I have, I'm have i subscribed. I told you this before, that I'm subscribed to the DC Universe. 
Oh, I'm not subscribed yeah. to that. <laughs> I'm jealous right now because that's on the DC universe. <laughs> you got to do that. That's 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 a quick one, two, five minutes, and boom, and you've got all this content. I've watched a whole Batman the animated series is is arguably one of the best animated shows ever made. I totally ever. agree. I'm glad you said that. I agree. Yeah, I've I mean, been looking at, have, at where to find that, so I'm glad you just said that. Listen, if you go right now. Well, obviously not right now, but when the interview's over, <laughs> you go, and you go to, like, DC Universe is an app that you can have just like Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I pay, I think it's like 12 bucks or 11 bucks a month. And it's everything that DC's ever made is on there. So so they have Batman the Animated Series. They have, um, there's another one that's Batman. That's not the Animated Series. They have The Batman, which is like when it's like kind of a different um, aesthetic. They have Batman Begins. There's one more Batman. I think it's um, Adventures or something like that, where it's like a lot of Nightwings in it. Yeah. But they have so much Batman stuff on there. They have all the movies, the Phantasm. Oof. Like, the content on there for Batman is, is freakish. And that's honestly why I got it. Because you guys seen... I know you've seen the Batman and Joker tattoos that I have on my forearm. So I'm a big Batman fan. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear because that's... I totally agree. And I... Gosh, man, I remember watching that as a kid. And I loved that show. And... Yeah, they just don't make them like that anymore. That's for sure. No, heck no, they can't. They can't. Okay, they can. And There's speaking of Warner can. Brothers and old cartoons, right? Animaniacs. See, that's I've seen it. I've seen it. Um, it didn't. It wasn't one of my favorite shows, but I've seen. I've seen a couple episodes. Like, I would watch that at the honestly around the same time that I watched um the animated series because it'd be on WB Kids. I think it was. I don't really remember the channel. Yeah, yeah okay. it was like WB something like that. But they had that one. They had um, uh, it's like Shock or something. Shock, Static Shock or something like that. They had a whole bunch of shows like that. Yeah, I was gonna say Animaniacs. Uh, Pinky and the Brain was involved in that. Okay, yeah, Pinky and the Brain. That. Slappy the Squirrel. No, nope, <laughs> oh my gosh, that was in the Animaniacs like world. Billy and uh, okay. I think now it wasn't Billy and Mandy. <laughs> uh, what was the what was the dog's name? Brad, do you remember? I cannot remember, but um, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Right? That was a good one too. Um, but yeah, uh, great, great cartoons. It was great talking about this, Ray. I love talking cartoons. Yeah. We're definitely gonna get that bracket for the next for the next interview ready. Um, but and it's gonna be you know quicker than the last time, obviously. Uh, but Ray, we love having you on. We were glad to talk plenty of baseball and Liverpool with you. Um, wow, I just hope we have a baseball season because. Man, it's killing me not to be able to watch it. I know yeah. y- you brought up the KBO, but it's hard for me to get up at three and five in the morning. And oh yeah, possible. Yeah, I-, I DVR'd the first few LG Twins games because I had to get my Huns- uh, Hunsu Kim former right. Oriole <laughs> fix. But yep, yep. Uh, it's hard for me to get super involved in the KBO because outside of Hunsu Kim or uh, Tyler right. Wilson, okay. another former Oriole on the team. I- I don't know a lot of them and it's hard for me. I found it hard to be like, yeah, I want to sit down and learn the evolution of this league. When I know as soon as major league baseball comes back, I'm going to be like, all right, who cares about the KBO and just completely toss it away. Right. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully a deal coming with major league baseball. I don't know. I know the NHL looks like they've got a playoff plan and, Maybe right. the Washington Capitals will get us another Stanley Cup because uh, the Wizards, right. whether the NBA comes back or not, the Wizards aren't going to be a part of it. So, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're just trash. I don't know. The Jordan documentary was good. Cool. Did you watch that? I'm, I'm sure you oh, did. Of course, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was great. It was great. The Last Dance was great. Um, yeah. Man, I know, but now I might be wrong here, but I think 
you are when it comes to LeBron versus Jordan debate, I think you're team LeBron. Am I wrong? Yeah, firmly on that side. Oh, well, okay. That's fine. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I'm it's a little bit different because I play a sport, right? So it's a little bit sure, different sure. for me. It's, I can appreciate it. I can appreciate everybody. I, my dad was a big Charles Barkley fan. For him, Charles Barkley is the best of all time. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. But there's, I can tell you this. For me, it's it's extremely simple. I like LeBron more. I think LeBron is the greatest of all time because I watched LeBron even after mm-hmm. watching Last Dance. If I was if I was watching basketball in the '90s like that, then I probably think the same. I probably think yeah. that Jordan was is the best of all time. Jordan, however, I think LeBron is a better player. The same way for me, for example, um, like Mike Trout's the best of all time because for me, if he was like this, is how I do it, and obviously it's kind of a skewed opinion because players change with eras mm-hmm. but if you take lebron and you put him in the 90s i don't care what people say about he flops yeah he wouldn't flop as much he'd be a, he'd be he'd be a, he would dominate that time where if you take jordan how he was now he'd be very good but he wouldn't be the best in the nba now jordan would have changed obviously if he was here he'd be a little bit bigger stronger so you know there's a lot of ifs and all that but like jordan the reason that jordan's so incredibly important and why for me there's even an argument is because he did change basketball like no other lebron hasn't LeBron has hasn't really changed basketball, right? What he's done is rivaled Jordan. So I totally understand how people say, well, if LeBron just rivaled Jordan, then shoot, Jordan must be the best of all time. And that's why I can definitely understand it. But I just go off of like stats and what I think the player would have done in that era. Michael Jordan is no doubt one of the greatest athletes, if not the greatest athlete of all time. His shoes and his his brand and everything about him is just massive and it'll live on honestly forever. Jordan's will be worn forever until, until we're in space and we have to wear spacesuits. We'll be wearing Jordan's forever. So well, they may make people, Jordan space shoes. Might, you're so. right. Jordan might have a Jordan little, like a spaceman instead of jump man. Right <laughs> so it'll be something it'll be, there's so much stuff that Jordan did. And I totally understand it. Last dance was great. Um, it was really nice to hear how the teammates were talking about it, how they were like, listen, he was an asshole. Oh, sorry for my language. <laughs> no, I, you're I, good. Leave that one out. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it was cool to see that, how they talked about him. Because it wasn't just, oh, yeah, Jordan's a great, come carry us. No, there was there were some issues, and I, and I do appreciate that. I really do. So I'm glad you mentioned it there very briefly, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drive it back home and bring this up. With I, I agree with you. I do understand that a lot of the younger generation uh, says LeBron because that's who they've seen play. And even after the last dance, it's different. You didn't see Jordan play. You saw the highlights, but you didn't see him play. I get it. I get it. So why do baseball fans still think Babe Ruth is the greatest player to ever play baseball? Because to me, that is the dumbest thing that is ever said by baseball fans. Right. Not even close. The thing is, I think what matters here is to look at it when it's ignorant, like just ignorant stuff, you kind of have to ignore him. But Babe Ruth, for what he did in his time, is freakish, right? He was so good. Honestly, Babe Ruth nowadays, how he was back then now, would not survive. But if Babe Ruth was born, let's say, in 1996 when I was born, he would not be the same type of person. He would be a lot thinner. And he would, because of how good he was back then, he would probably still make it to the major leagues and be a decent player, for sure. Because that's the type of stuff that he mentally has that. Like, mentally, he's capable. He has that in him. So I think he would have definitely been able to handle it nowadays. But you can't say he's the best of all time because if that's the case, then shoot. Chris Chris Davis would go back in those times and he would they would have changed the, the league into his name or something like yeah. that. Yeah. 
No, I agree. I, yeah. I put Chris Davis back when Babe Ruth played, and he'd be the best player of all time. I agree with you there. Right. So it's just it's you people like to change their opinions depending on how the wind's blowing the day. So mm. it's just hard to it's hard to specify. The good thing is we'll never know, which makes it good. It makes it worth talking about. We'll never know who the best of all time is. For now, it's Mike Trout. For me, right now, it's LeBron. But I have no problem. I have no problem also saying, hey, you know what? Michael Jordan is probably one of the best of all time, or he's the best of all time. Like, honestly, it, it is what it is. Like, it doesn't really, for honestly, it doesn't matter. For me, if I was a player, I would just love to be even in the conversation. Like, how people, people, some people, some people think Kobe's the best of all time, you know? So it yeah. just depends on what, how you watch them. Some players, for me, for a long time, Evan Longoria was the best player in the MLB. And at no point was he ever the best player in the MLB, but just, I was a race fan. I was like, oof, Longoria is the best, but he wasn't. At no point was he ever the best. It's just, when Chris Davis is 50, everybody in Boston were probably like, woo, he's the best right now. So it just depends. He quickly proved us wrong. Um, <laughs> basically, as soon as the as soon as he got his hands on the check. He uh, was it also already getting getting the, like past his prime at that point, too. Right. Almost. Right. But. Uh, Ray, it's been great having you on. We really enjoy talking to you. Uh, we wish you the best with the wild things and uh, hopefully we get to talk to you. Uh, here soon again. Uh, hopefully that their season. I saw where you said. Uh, I don't. I think they have plans to start their season later this summer. So hopefully they get yeah. that season in, and uh, we'll be talking to you about how things are going with the wild things. Perfect.